After an extended absence and several interviews with NFL players, Thickman Inc. has returned again to bless your ears. And today, we will not be talking about the Olympics. We will not be talking about the preseason football. Instead, we will be talking about the greatness that is Josh Allen and several other topics. But recently, Josh Allen just signed a six-year, $258 million contract to stay with the Buffalo Bills until 2027. And I was a proponent of the Patrick Mahomes contract. I did not really like the length of that and the money of that, particularly considering the cap went down due to COVID. And I'm in a similar boat on this one. Love Josh Allen, but I would not give a player six years. I gotta be honest with you. The NFL is too violent. Josh Allen, not really a run center quarterback anymore, but still runs plenty and still has a bit of power running in his game. So I'd just be hesitant to extend that offer, but I get the logic. The Bills have to lock up their best player for as long as they can. It's a bit reactionary to the Mahomes contract, but hey, what are you gonna do? The Bills are gonna be in a very good spot, of course back for many years to come. Well, Isaiah, according to you... Unlike the Giants. The last time we talked about the Patrick Mahomes contract, you seem to think that immediately following a team signing a big contract with a quarterback, the team is going to go up in a ball of flames and they're going to cease to exist. Now, the Chiefs are still probably the best team in the AFC and that has not happened and I am a big fan of the Bills paying Josh Allen. Josh Allen getting one of the biggest bags in NFL history is well-deserved. I was very wrong about Josh Allen coming out of college, and I will admit that even through the first few years of his NFL career, I was one of his biggest haters. I call Josh Allen an absolute trash. I prayed when he was in the draft that Giants would not draft him, and I even felt validated in, in these beliefs when I saw him throw 12 interceptions and 10 touchdowns during his rookie season with a 52.8% per- completion percentage. And then in year two, while he made improvements, he was still not very accurate. The whole time, Isaiah was telling me that Josh Allen was really good, was an incredible runner, and you did not seem to have any concerns about his accuracy struggles, and you kept telling me he was going to be really good. Turns out, that did happen. Are you done saying nice things about me? Are you going to get back to insulting me anytime here soon? This is an unexpected change of pace. <laughs> I I just dislike your hypocrisy. When we were talking about Patrick Mahomes, it was all, this is a terrible contract. Patrick Mahomes is selfish. Meanwhile, there are team-friendly aspects to the deal. And then when one of your favorite players in the NFL gets a massive For the contract, record, I never called Patrick Mahomes selfish. I called him smart. Also, that contract hasn't started kicking in yet. But when it when it comes to it being deserved, if anyone is even questioning that, we all love to talk about Patrick Mahomes and the numbers he puts up and what he does with his team. Josh Allen had virtually identical stats to him last year, and he really showed the ability, just like Patrick Mahomes does, to throw the ball from any angle, from anywhere on the field. And he just happened to lose to Patrick Mahomes in the AFC Championship game because his defense simply did not show up. Now, did he play the best? No, but his defense didn't show up and they lost the game. Overall, I think the contract was very well deserved. I think he's what, the second highest paid quarterback now on average annual salary. And Isaiah, when it comes to your hypocrisy, again, he's getting paid $2 million less on average annual salary than Patrick Mahomes. That also has to do with the incentive. So how much do they even get at the end of the day? I have no fucking clue. Yeah, and again, it's probably earned, but at the same time, I'm not in love with the idea of a six-year contract, money aside. Like, actually, I'm saying this is the best contracts and slice bread. It was the right thing for the Bills to do, and I think they were under pressure because of the Mahomes contract to give them a longer-term deal, but the length is still my issue with it. Also, the issue with the Chiefs that the Bills don't really have, they're also paying guys like Tyron Matthew, Kelsey, and Hill a whole bunch of money, and really the only other giant contract on that team is going to be Stephon Diggs. A little bit of a different cap dynamic. 
dynamic in there. But look, Josh Allen is going to be in the MVP conversation for a long time to come. If you look at the progression, it's pretty clear from year to year he gets better. Don't think it's possible for him to get as much better from last year to the current year as he did from two years ago to last year. That progression was insane. But if he does, he'll be the best quarterback in football history. Well, I don't think that's going to happen because we simply just really saw him fix a lot of his mechanical errors leading from slightly inaccurate passes where a receiver had to go up and make a big play or it didn't fit into the tight window. It may have got swatted down. He's able to make those throws last year. Completion percentage was incredible. So I don't think we'll see that jump, but he's still really good. And he's with Stefan digs and now another year in the Bills offense. Will the Bills defense be any good? That is yet to be determined. That was their downfall last year. Their downfall last year was Josh Allen. Like, don't sugarcoat it. I'm not going to. He did not play well in the AFC Championship game, but if you look at his career, much like his regular season performances, didn't make the playoffs his rookie year. His second year, he made the playoffs. Had a few really high IQ plays in that game. Had some really low IQ plays in that game. And then this year, or last year, excuse me, he got to the AFC Championship game, played great in the playoffs, dominated the first two rounds, but just couldn't quite get it done, choked a little bit against the Chiefs. I assume that while the numbers in the regular season won't progress, his playoff performance will progress, so expect to see much more of a duel next year between Patrick So Mahomes are the Bills your Super Bowl favorite Allen. right now? Eh, sure. Why not? <laughs> make it. To, they're the make it to the Super Bowl favorite. I think with my current progression, it's going to take one year of winning the AFC Championship game, then he's going to choke in the Super Bowl this next year and then the year after he wins the Super Bowl. It's the only logical position. By, by your logic in this, you know, um, linear progression we're going off of, Josh Allen is going to be the GOAT, like greatest quarterback of all time within six years. That or it's going to reset and he's going to go from winning the Super Bowl to being getting his team in position to make the first overall pick. It really could go both ways. Speaking of a team that went from being in a really good position to now possibly contending for the first overall pick, the Colts finally had an elite roster with talent all over over their defense and all over their offense one of the best offensive lines in the NFL and I honestly think after the recent news that has come out about Carson Wentz and about Quentin Nelson that they are going to struggle to win seven games and it's not like I said they have a good roster it is simply just because of how hard their schedule is I can't really see another team that has to deal with the schedule just as difficult as theirs when you have the most important player on your roster get injured in Carson Wentz the quarterback and the best player on your team get injured in Quentin Nelson your team is going Going to struggle, especially early. The first five weeks of the season for the Colts feel like guaranteed L's without Wentz or Wentz is coming off injury whenever he's able to get healthy from getting that bone removed from his foot. The only games I think you'd be able to pencil in for them as wins during the regular season are the Jets, Jags, and Texans games. Maybe you can say the Raiders. Every other team on that schedule is a minimum 10-win team. Titans offense is absurd. Dolphins have one of the deepest rosters in the NFL. San Francisco is always good with Kyle Shanahan back there as long as a quarterback decides to show up for them. Rams, Seahawks, Tampa, Buffalo, and Arizona. I think you're crazy if you pencil any of these games in as wins for the Colts. Jacob Eason, I don't think Isaiah is leading the Colts to the promised land. He didn't exactly light things up in college. So if we're going off recent history, the Colts are not going to be a playoff team. And I think they're going to wind up with six or seven wins. Well, it's okay to be a bit of a hater. First off, I don't know why I threw the cards in there like they're going to do anything. That team goes as far as Kyler Murray takes him, and right now he's had one iconic play in his career and relative mediocrity on the air side since then. But Jacob Eason is a perfectly good quarterback, and he's got the additional benefit of being under Phillip Rivers for a year. Like, that has to have helped him. Phillip Rivers one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history, top 25 maybe. Great mentor, had the benefit of watching that system, and now he's had an entire 
five, six weeks now with Wentz out. You just have the keys to the castle, so to speak. So I think dismissing Jacob Eason is a big mistake. He's not eligible to win Rookie of the Year, even though he didn't really play that much last year, but he will be one of the phenomenal breakout players at the quarterback position this year. Better than guys like the illustrious Justin Fields. I'd say maybe better than Trey Lance, but <laughs> probably about the same as Trevor Lawrence in terms of his production in his first year as a starter. We need to clip this so when it's the season starts and he gets pile-drived and throws six picks in game number one, or whenever he also plays the Rams, we can put this out there and get a million views on TikTok for how cold this take is. I mean, you can do what you want with that. You can also talk about the fact Quentin Nelson will be back by week two, maybe week one. They're out for the Apparently same time frame. Rehab. I've heard from news sources as rehab is going very well and that he's targeting a week one return. You can look that up if you want, but there's weight behind that. He will not be out as long as Wentz in all likelihood. But again, you're not really going to need to give Wentz the keys back to the offense. Like, when you win, you do all right, though. They have a tough schedule, at least based off last year. But if they do go, say, 2-4, and 3-3 three and three in their first six games, why would you give the keys back to Carson Wentz, particularly when Jacob Eason will be playing well? Like, they're not a doomed team. They suffer from being in a fairly good division, particularly with the Titans. And I think the Jaguars would be on the rise a little bit. I don't understand why you'd be so eager to just say, okay, season's lost, pun on. I think they could be a playoff team, particularly with the three wild cards. They're not going to win their division. But abandoning all hope... A bit overdramatic. They're going to be just fine. Well, I wouldn't... It's a big stretch to say their division's good. I mean, the Titans' offense is going to be incredible. The Titans' defense probably is not going to be all that great. The Jaguars are the Jaguars. They're coming off being the worst team in the NFL last year. Even with Trevor Lawrence, I don't see them going from, what is it, one win to all of a sudden a 10-win team. I don't see that happening. The Texans, Deshaun, if Deshaun Watson doesn't play, they may contend for zero, the zero-win record with the Lions and the Browns. Well, you realize that Andrew Luck, when he was brought in, is the closest thing we've seen to Trevor Lawrence recently and took a terrible Colts roster to 11 wins and 5 losses rookie year. There could be a real argument made, particularly in terms of leadership thanks to Tim Tebow, that that Jaguars roster is better than that Colts roster was. So I think you dismissing them is a bit ambitious. They will not be a bad team. At worst, a they'll bit be a ambitious to team. call them a good division when probably every other division right now, before the season starts, you can make a very good argument is better overall than their division. They got three potential playoff teams. No, they don't. Yeah, Colts are a potential playoff team, and I think Trevor Lawrence might be good enough, particularly with the guiding mentorship of Tim Tebow and Urban Meyer, to get his team there. I don't think with how good the AFC is in general, like the... AFC West, the AFC East, the AFC North. While I still hate the Steelers, I like. I think the Colts are going to struggle, especially with how difficult their schedule is to make a playoff berth. Yeah, they'll struggle, but every team struggles to make a playoff berth unless you name the Kansas City Chiefs or the Buffalo Bills. It's going to be an uphill battle, but dismissing them, saying they're a max seven-win team, is a little bit comedic to me. They'll be just fine. So what? How many wins do you think they're, they're getting? Uh, given the seventeen-game season, which again, not a huge fan of that, I'll throw anywhere from nine. To to can't say 11 because that'd be insensitive. 9 to 12 wins. <laughs> somewhere in there. 9 to 12. I think 12 is very ambitious. I think 9 is somewhat reasonable, but even 9 wins, that's what, 9 and 8? That's not even really a good record anymore. Well, it's a winning record. Then I don't know if that would make the playoffs most years. It's hard to tell, really. The one thing you can be sure of is you can't be sure of anything. 
So, news has broken since we last recorded a podcast that the illustrious Aaron Rodgers will not be going to host Jeopardy, mainly because they won't give him the job, and instead will actually be playing football for at least one more season in Green Bay. Now, he's bashing everyone in the organization who's not a player. He is making it pretty clear he does not want to be there, but still going to play a little football, so hey. Can't be good for morale, but what are you going to do? Now, Tristan seems to think that that guarantees the Packers going back to the NFC Championship game, going to be another great Packers team, compete for a title and I just don't see that. Now, you can say all you want that Aaron Rodgers is targeting the front office exclusively, but the way he's handled the holdout, the no-showing mandatory stuff, the missing calls from his coach, the refusing to communicate with everyone but the players, I think that does create a little bit of separation in the locker room. And you can say, oh, he's got all these logical reasons, he's vowed and all this and the other, but still, he got 53 guys on the end of the day at the final team, and they're going to feel a little bit sly, particularly when Rodgers is getting the type of money that he is. And you're saying, oh, okay, so are we not good enough for you? Are we not a good enough team built around you? You're the guy who chose not to run in the AFC Championship game, pal. There's going to be some resentment there from players, and it's not going to be unanimous, of course, because it never is, but the team's not going to be unified. Now, granted, I don't know if other teams like the Vikings or the Bears will be unified, but I feel like they got a lot better chance of doing that than the Packers do. So I think the Packers might sneak into the playoffs, but the division's definitely going to go to the Vikings, unless Kirk Cousins does what he did to start last season again and lose in the first four games or so. Well, for my unique insight after speaking to Kevin Carter about what it's like when there's contract negotiations and they're kind of blown up in the media, you know, I get, I get to talk to these high-profile former NFL players, Isaiah, and he basically alluded to the fact that it's kind of bullshit the dysfunction they talk about within the roster, within the organization from, from a player standpoint, and it's really the organization trying to leverage the media against Aaron Rodgers. So do I think that's really going to happen? No, and I think the other team in that division are more flawed. With Mr. If I Die, I Die, Kirk Cousins, I get the feeling there may be a forfeit in there for the Vikings, or just because of the uh, curse that seems to plague the Vikings organization, some other series of unfortunate events may befall them. The only savior that the Vikings ever had, they decided to ship off to Buffalo with the Minnesota Miracle and Stephon Diggs, who's now over there with Josh Allen. And I understand why, I'm not saying you, I'm just Vikings fans and people in general, think they have a chance at winning the division from Dalvin Cook being back there to their receiving core but Aaron Rodgers is still coming off an MVP season the drama seems to have distracted people from that fact he's had one of the best years of his career he's still the king of the division since 2011 he's only lost the division three times one of those times was when he was injured for nine games so that's kind of chalked up to injury the Vikings just are not going to compete with him I try to believe in them I even want them to win because you're my friend and you're a Vikings fan but I look at the roster and I don't think they're going to be able to compete with the Rod with Rodgers and the Packers down the stretch. Well look, they had two problems last season, one of which was the early dysfunction with Kirk Cousins. He played much better in the back half, put up comparable to MVP numbers final nine games or so. But their problem was half their defense was hurt. Whether that be due to training protocols getting switched up, I don't know. It could just be misfortune as is one to happen to the Vikings, but they've got most of their defense back, which is still an elite collection of talent. So I think they will not be nearly as bad as they were last season. But to act like Rodgers is going to run the way they've been kind of comedy. Also, you said the uh, organization is trying to make the media portray Rodgers as standoffs. Rodgers has done a perfectly good job himself 
appearing to be standoffish. Like, acting like he hasn't created some of this controversy, most of this controversy on his own is a bit comedic to me. Rodgers is not the only problem, but he certainly is a problem in Green Bay, which sucks for the Packers because he's maybe their best player in franchise history. The controversy is only created because the Packers aren't willing to go to the table and talk with him, it seems like. If they would have treated him the right way in the first place or from what he feels is the right way, making him aware of the fact that they were going to take Jordan It's up to debate whether that's right or wrong, but informing him of other decisions within the organization, or even extending him when he wanted to be extended, if that was ever a thing. Like Aaron Rodgers is paid to play quarterback, not paid to work in the front office. Well, the Packers seem to have this massive ego just because they're historically one of the smartest franchises in football. Some of the yeah, but it's not. (laughs) Not not every team gets Brett Favre and then Aaron Rodgers back-to-back for 20 years, leading him to have, I think, the best. This could be completely wrong, but to have the best record over that time period or something like that. Well, they were already an historic team before Brett Favre showed up, one of the greatest early teams in NFL history, so they can have a bit of an ego. But look, the Packers are going to do what the Packers do. Rodgers has sown some seeds of dissent in that organization. Will they be uprooted this current season? Hope so. I'd like them to win, but slight transition. I think you and I can both agree. As much as I love biting kneecaps, Dan Campbell's lines aren't going anywhere. You can tell it's a bad team when we're calling them Dan Campbell's lines instead of Jared Goff's lines. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and Nagy's going to get fired in Chicago, so I got no faith whatsoever in that Bears scene. They're going to try and win now. They're going to lose their first six games, and the organization's going to get flipped. Yeah, the lines are just flat out bad and we remember what Goff was without Sean McVay I think that is going to happen again I think he's going to be terrible Sean McVay one of the greatest offensive minds in the NFL sometimes struggle to make Jared Goff three look points good. in the Super Bowl hey is it, you know you could say Jared Goff was back there and it was Jared Goff's fault too I think after this season is all said and done Jared Goff may be in the conversation for the worst quarterback in the NFL and it's, it's also not he- from Daniel And he also won't be helped out by the fact I think they probably have the worst wide receiving core and most embarrassing wide receiver core starter season that I I quite frankly has ever seen. Granted, they do have TJ Hawkinson and they do have DeAndre Swift, so there are two nice pieces to their offense. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Weren't the Giants rolling with Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard a few years back? That is substantially worse than this season for the Lions. Do you know who the Lions receiving core is, Isaiah? DeAndre Swift is not that bad. He's a running back! sit here and get him slandered and he's gonna be a threat out of the back you can't count him as a wide receiver if he's a running back he's gonna be a receiving threat but look the lions gonna be pretty terrible they might get themselves high pick which is fine the panthers were like this last season and they just kind of accepted okay we're bad they're starting wide receivers are tyrell on their depth chart right now now if someone else comes up from the wings for third string listed right now they're starting wide receivers are tyrell williams brashad perryman and quintez cephas Cyphus. I don't know how you say that. It's Cyphus. But uh, that's just not good, okay? (laughs) To be fair, Rashad Perryman was kind of getting handcuffed by the incompetence that was Sam Darnold and Adam Gase, so he might actually be pretty real. Well, he was drafted by the Colts and did nothing there, so... Eh, a lot of wide receivers don't do much with the Colts. Anyway, I yeah. let me voice my opinions quickly on the Bears. I think the Bears are going to be very middle of the road. I think Matt Nagy and the front office has, has failed that organization constantly over and over again. I think Andy Dalton looks like will probably start the season. He's going to be underwhelming, especially with Matt Nagy calling the plays. And while I love Justin Fields, I simply 
question his ability to be successful under Nagy immediately. I think there may be some growing pains whenever he is able to start. I think the Bears have a lot of solid pieces on defense. So their defense is always good from Eddie Jackson to Khalil Mack. Allen Robinson on their offense. Cole Komet's a decent tight end. They have good pieces. I think they'll be middle of the road. I don't think they're going to be all that great, mainly because of the coaching staff and new rookie QB and whatever Andy Dalton is. They also had the illustrious man to stop the slime cam and slime cans during the Nickelodeon Bowl with Jimmy Graham there. But no, their O-line sucks, which isn't getting talked about enough. So that can't be good for a young quarterbacks. Why Fields is a better day one option than Dalton because Dalton can't run for his life that well and Fields can. Oh no, I, they're just going to be bad. <laughs> I don't think they'll be that bad. I think they'll be the third best team in that division. But I, I, Yeah, well, when your competition for fourth best is a giant, or the Lions, excuse me, it's not much. I feel like me and you also were very high in the Vikings last year correct me if I'm wrong or we were, and we were lower on the Packers and then I think I the mean, NFC yeah, North we were was the opposite Packers, of what we bought last year so I don't know if we're ever going to get the NFC North right I still hold that we can't really effectively predict injuries like that's a hard thing to get right some teams have a pattern like I'm going to let you viewers in on a little secret the Eagles are going to yet again struggle with injuries this year <laughs> Uh, like five of the Vikings seven best defenders going down due to injuries what are you gonna do yeah (laughs) oh yeah this is a very important topic which was brought up before we started recording and Tristan is wrong yet again on it so I'm gonna have to enlighten you folks he seems to believe that hot dogs are not sandwiches when they very clearly are how are hot how are hot dogs a sandwich it's one like a sausage or whatever you want to call it in between a bun. Like, a, when you think of a yeah. sandwich, you think of... Hey, Tristan, I want you to go to Subway real quick and uh, tell me, hey, do they cut their bread in half before they uh, put the condiments you, in? All right, one think of any piece. sandwich, any sandwich shop, if we're, even any deli. Are you able to ask for a hot dog there? There are plenty of delis you can ask for a hot dog at. Is That is a terrible argument. To I don't know any delis on. off the top of my head. And if we're talking about in North Carolina where we're at, there's no way you're going to be able to get a hot dog on a bun in Subway, Jimmy John, like any of these places. Are you saying that Subway is a deli? No, I'm, it's a sandwich now. place. I said deli or sandwich places. I know a few delis you can get a hot dog there. But look, it's in between is a filling in between pieces of bread which is not fully well, enclosed by bread it depends Therefore, it also let me for our uh, you know probably not living in the state of new york viewers a deli down in North Carolina is in the supermarket where you get your cold cuts and obviously you're going to be able to get hot dogs. They got a few specialized delis out here. A little bit disrespectful of the deli industry in North Carolina. But it's not the New same York thing the way and what else is new. The delis, delis down here are not the same thing as in New York. So in my head, I'm talking about, you know, New York delis. Yes, our delis aren't run by the mafia. Oh, okay, okay. Forget <laughs> about it. Okay, pal. But no, a hot dog is clearly a sandwich. It's, in bet- it's, con- it's a filling in between bread which is not fully enclosed how would you feel isaiah if someone walked up to you and asked if you wanted a sandwich and you said yes given no other context and then the context and then they give you a hot dog i'm not gonna complain about free food tristan i've seen you you shouldn't either see tristan you're under the misconception we're talking about squares and rectangles here the hot dog is the square like all hot dogs are sandwiches not a hot dog i'm just forced to speaking to you is the entire package not just the uh sausage slash hot dog in the middle confusing naming there but not all sandwiches are hot dogs it is pretty clear that a sandwich <laughs> not, not all sandwiches are hot dogs no fucking shit because a, a hot dog isn't a sandwich it's pretty clearly a sandwich Tristan. is a uh, what do you define a sandwich as 
When I think of a sandwich, I think of two pieces of bread, whether it be a roll or whatnot, with cold cuts in between, you know, with your cheese. Why they gotta be cold, though? What? You never had a hot sandwich? No, I cold... Well, you don't call them hot cuts. Is peanut butter and jelly a sandwich? Yes. So why is not a hot dog a sandwich? Is a hamburger a sandwich? A hamburger... A hamburger's a hamburger. Yes, have you ever? Also a have you ever heard someone refer to a hamburger or a hot dog as a sandwich outside of yourself and your smooth brain? Yeah, I've seen them listen to other sandwiches all the time. When I go down to little restaurants, it's like sandwiches, and I see hamburgers, and I see hot dogs. So the hamburgers generally do their own section because there are more of them because they're popular here in America. And generally, but they, it says on a menu sandwiches and hamburgers if they're. Under so what the makes same a hamburger section? not a sandwich? It's a burger. Yeah, but it's also a sandwich. No, it's not. It is. I mean, it's some. It's. Fillings in between bread, which is not fully enclosed. It's a sandwich. <laughs> Tristan, I'll put it to you this way. If you had three pieces of bread, you have a bread sandwich. There's nothing connecting the bread. Well, if you put the bread in a stack, you've got a bread sandwich. I think if you put mayo in between the stacks or like some other condiment, it could be considered a ketchup sandwich. Okay, so let's say you got three pieces of bread. You got two pieces of white bread and one piece of wheat bread. You put that wheat bread in the middle. Is that a bread sandwich? No, because... It's more it's of a sandwich and three pieces of the same bread, but it's not a sandwich. Technically, loaves of bread. Because I feel like the bread is like the bread, bread is the shell. So I don't know. I mean, it can be a shell sandwich. A shell sandwich. Anything, a fish Tristan. Sandwich. Anything inside bread which is not fully enclosed, because that gets you into the uh, burrito territory. I think we can both agree burritos aren't really sandwiches. I don't know. They burrito might be wraps. a sandwich. No, I think wraps are close to sandwiches, but not exactly. How are wraps close to sandwiches, but burritos aren't? I mean, burritos are the same as wraps, basically. Just Mexican or flavorings or breakfast flavorings, whatever you want to put in your burrito, I guess. They're really the same thing. Burritos so and wraps are, are essentially the same thing, just different descriptive words. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could also be close sandwiches. I just don't think they are sandwiches. That's the fully close <laughs> There's thing. no way anyone that's is why listening I've been to this. That. Well, look, that's their loss, but hot dogs, hamburgers, both sandwiches, burritos, you can make an argument. Them and wraps could be. I wouldn't oppose it that heavily. I don't think they are personally. It's just my opinion, though. That has been the podcast. Let us know if you think of a hot dog as a sandwich. Is a hamburger sandwich? Is a burrito a sandwich? Let us know how many wins you think the Colts are going to wind up getting. Let us know if you think the Packers are still the kings of the NFC North. And let us know if you think Josh Allen deserved the bag. See you in the next podcast.